Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 22 United Katie tried to get some sleep. She had had an argument with Zach, who had every intention of sleeping in a cot next to her. His big, brown, determined eyes stared into hers, repeating over and over. He had promised her mom she would not leave his sight. Eventually, giving up, she lay wide awake listening to both his and Cluxy's snoring. She shook her head in wonderment. Their snores were even in competition with each other. She probably would not have gotten any sleep anyway, she mused, thinking over the night's events. Just the same, she would rather have tried without all the background noise. The moment she could see light, she edged out of the cot, trying not to wake Zack. The creaking of the springs had Zack's eyes darting open. Without saying a word, he jumped up and kicked Cluxy's cot, dumping him onto the floor. Cluxy cursed a couple of times, rolling over onto his back. Katie watched the incident carefully. Obviously, there was still contention between the two. Giving Zack a quizzical look, she walked out of the dormitory into the mess hall. Zack followed without saying a word. She waited till she was sitting down across from him at the pure heart table. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Zack looked up from his food and grinned. You can ask me anything. Are you and Fluxy friends? Zack gave a loud snort, shaking his head. I'm black, and he's a member of the Ku Klux Klan. How can we be friends? But you hang out together, Katie said, trying to figure out the relationship. You are never apart. Zack nodded his head. First, we didn't trust the Seekers and stay close to each other for survival. He took a long drink of orange juice. We restrained ourselves from fighting each other so we could sleep at your house, Katie nodded. But that was weeks ago. You are still hanging out with each other. Zack leaned forward. I want to be the best. As if that explained everything. I don't get it. Once we learned the fighting basics, it became obvious we could beat everyone. Except each other. Katie's brows knitted in concentration. What you're telling me is, you and Cluxy make sure you take every class together so you can be better than everyone else? I don't want to practice fighting with someone who is an inferior fighter. I want to practice fighting someone who is trying to kill me. Each and every time you face off with each other, you two are literally trying to kill each other? Katie said slowly, making sure she understood, which makes me improve substantially every day. I believe I understand the two of you taking classes together. But you two are together all the time. Even when there are no classes. Zack shrugged. We're just used to each other, that's all. You hate each other. You try and kill each other every day. Yet you eat, 
sleep, and hang out together every minute of the day because you're used to each other? She reiterated everything she was told, trying to point how ridiculous his reasoning was. Zack nodded his head, not getting her point at all. I knew you'd get it. She shook her head, not getting anything. Cluxy sat down at the table next to her. The cooks just put out some of those spicy sausage you like. I got some extra. You want them? Oh, yeah, they're my favorite. Zack reached over with his fork and plucked the links from Cluxy's plate. Katie watched the exchange in wonderment. Oh, yeah. She could tell just how much these two guys hated each other. Katie, can I have a word with you? I'm here, David. What do you need? She said with her thoughts. She looked around the mess hall. Everyone immediately became quiet. David had not bothered to make their conversation private. We followed the scent of the malice who attacked us. David began. And, Katie couldn't help adding, they're dead. What do you mean they're dead? Did you have a fight with them? No, Katie. They were already dead when we found them. I don't understand. I'm not sure, but it looks like they may have died right after they attacked the Pure Hearts. I still don't understand. Katie felt like an idiot, uttering the same thing again. We found the bodies less than a mile from the original attack. They were obviously ambushed and killed. Can you tell who killed them? I haven't had much experience in tracking. But from what I can tell, Seekers attacked the Malice. Are you sure? I know what a Seeker smells like, Katie. And the ground is definitely littered with at least eight different Seekers attacking the Malice and wiping them out. Jackson walked into the mess hall, sitting down next to her, his confusion evident on his features. David, all the Seekers were accounted for last night. The moment there was an attack, the compound was under lockdown. No one could leave or enter. There was no time for anyone here to dash across town, orchestrate an ambush, and get back here for roll call. There are obviously other seekers around that do not belong to your group. Katie pinched the top of her nose to relieve the tension building there. I don't understand. If they are seekers, why don't they make themselves known and join this group? Why not be a part of us? Jackson shook his head. I have no idea. There is something else you need to be aware of. David's thoughts were cautious. Katie wasn't sure she wanted to hear what David had to say. Yeah, Sheriff Tate is very interested in talking to both you and Jackson. What did you tell him? Jackson asked. I told him I was called in the middle of the night by one of the kids staying at the old Johnson house. He said they were attacked by wild animals. I ran over there to see what I could do to help. How did he react to that? He seemed more interested in why you and Jackson were on the scene than anything else. He has tied you to several incidences that resulted in kids getting into trouble or killed. Oh, great. Katie pushed her tray away from her and laid her head on the table. I'm sorry, Katie. I had no idea the sheriff was going to zero in on you. Don't worry about it. I'm sure we can figure something out. Katie glanced towards Jackson, who had a frown on his face. It's time we call my dad about this one, Jackson said softly, so only she could hear. We may need some really good lawyers. My dad will know exactly who to call. Relief washed through Katie. 
She decided not to worry about Sheriff Tate. There were other things she needed to accomplish. When projecting images, Zack was as naturally gifted as Lizzie. Katie couldn't help grinning over Cluxy's reaction to Zack's natural mental abilities. His face became all red, and he stormed to a corner of the room, concentrating so hard on making an image she was afraid his head would explode. Justin was able to make a small image about two feet in diameter around his person. A girl named Jessie was able to project an image, but the forms were not substantial. Everything had a ghost-like appearance. Katie hadn't seen anything like it before. Jessie just grinned, telling her that was what happened when she first tried projecting clothes. Can you make yourself disappear? Nathan asked Zack. I don't know. Zack frowned in concentration. Try projecting the room, but leave yourself out of the projection, Katie suggested. Zack immediately disappeared in front of her. Katie looked around the room, frowning. The room didn't look right. There were several items missing in the projection. You don't have the room right, Zack. Zack appeared in front of her. What's wrong with it? Katie shrugged, pointing out the things that were missing. Those are just small details. Katie frowned. Details can clue someone in they are seeing a projection and not the real thing. Why don't you just concentrate on making yourself disappear and not project the whole room? Nathan suggested. Zack frowned, then disappeared again. Katie looked around the room. Everything looked right. You're just projecting yourself not here? Zack appeared back in front of her with a large grin on his face. Yeah. Katie closed her eyes, concentrating on a projection. When she opened them, everyone was staring in her direction. She wasn't sure if she had succeeded. Taking a few steps away, she could see Zack's eyes still focused on where she used to be. Closing the projection, everyone's head turned to where she now was. She couldn't help grinning. Another new trick she couldn't wait to show Jackson. Allowing the pure hearts to practice on projecting an image, she gave them the basics of blocking the projection. Watching them concentrate, she could see the mental strain as several of them started massaging their temples. Glancing at the clock, she realized it was lunchtime. Calling a halt to the proceedings, she told them they were done for the day. An immediate negative response erupted. Everyone wanted to keep working. She waited a few minutes until the voices died down. She tried to explain about the migraines that would surely incapacitate them. Sure, we have a headache. Big deal. We can't let that stop us, Joel said, speaking for everyone. Katie looked around the room, each face determined and eager to learn everything they could in a small amount of time. She also knew just how bad the migraines were going to be. She decided to try another tactic. I need to attend the fighting class in human form after lunch. I'll work with you guys tomorrow morning. She turned and left the room, knowing by morning most of them would not be able to get out of bed. Katie reached the mess hall. Before she could open it, Zack had run ahead and opened it for her. Entering the mess hall, every seeker in the room snapped to attention, giving her a salute. Zack stood next to her. 
He quickly stood at attention and snapped a salute back at the seekers. The pure heart behind her immediately followed Zack's example and quickly saluted the seekers. Before Katie could proceed into the room, a couple of seekers standing on either side of the special force instructor reached over and jerked him up into a standing position. You will show respect of the great white wolf. One of them said to the instructor, Shrugging her shoulders, she decided to ignore everyone around her and proceed to the lunch line. The moment she reached the end of the line, it dissipated, allowing her to immediately get her food. The pure hearts followed close behind. Looking back, she could see the line reform behind them. Katie sat down at the pure heart table, across from Miss Smith. She gave the older woman a tentative smile. The pure hearts gathered around her, leaving a space right beside her. Katie waited until everyone had completely sat down before leaning over. I guess you heard what happened last night? Rachel frowned, her sorrow evident on her face. It just breaks my heart to know all those kids died. She shook her head. I went over there as quickly as I could. I'm sorry I wasn't there sooner. It takes me longer to get going than it used to. There's nothing you could have done, Katie answered back. They were already dead. Katie looked up and gave Jackson a smile as he sat down next to her. I arrived right after the sheriff got there, Rachel said, her voice sounding indignant. He walked through the house seeing all those dead kids obviously killed by animals, and immediately started asking questions about you and Jackson. Uneasiness settled in the pit of Katie's stomach. What happened next? David told him you and Jackson arrived after the Black family. He wanted to know how you arrived so quickly. David said he called you. Then the sheriff wanted to know how come David called half the county before calling 911? The uneasiness intensified. What did David say to that? David told the sheriff the Johnsons owned the house. It made sense to call the Johnsons, informing them what transpired there. The sheriff got all indignant and started getting authoritative with David. And that's when I told the sheriff to stop being a horse's backside. The kids who are dead are more important than who and when David called first. Katie couldn't help smiling, picturing the scene clearly in her mind. The sheriff wanted to know how Jackson heard about the incident, Rachel continued. The smile disappeared from Katie's face. What did David say? David told him he had no idea how Jackson heard about it and how he arrived the same time as you. You're going to be late for the human fighting class if you don't start eating. Jackson told her quietly, You can't worry about this right now, Katie. Just let it go until the sheriff shows his intentions. Nodding, Katie picked up her fork and started eating. Katie walked out to the arena with Jackson by her side. The seekers were all standing at attention. The instructor patiently waiting for them to join the group. She half expected the instructor to start screaming at them for being a couple of minutes late. Instead, 
The instructor just nodded towards her. He focused his attention towards the back of the group. Katie looked around to see what the instructor was looking at. The pure hearts had followed her. They formed lines behind the seekers, obviously intent on attending the class. I cannot teach effectively with a large class, the instructor said to Jackson. Jackson turned, facing the pure hearts, his expression confused. You guys have not been scheduled for this afternoon's class. We need to learn everything you're teaching, Katie, Justin said in a determined voice. We're not leaving. Katie raised her eyebrows, watching the pure hearts. Zach and Cluxy had their arms folded. They had the same determined look she recognized the night before when they insisted on sleeping in cots next to her. Jackson sighed. The class is too full. He tried to explain to the pure hearts, there are other things you can learn that Katie has already learned. We need to be here, Zach said in a strong voice. Dandy next to Katie. A seeker turned around and faced the pure hearts. Giving them a salute, he walked out of the arena. Katie watched as the pure hearts immediately saluted him back. The other seekers looked at each other before following the example of the first. They each turned and saluted the pure hearts and walked out of the arena. The pure hearts kept their salute in place until the seekers left. They walked up and stood beside and behind Katie. Jackson gave Katie a quick smile, turning back towards the instructor. I believe we're ready. The instructor shook his head, his confusion evident. Stooping down, he handed out rubber knives. He proceeded to show how to fight an unarmored person holding a weapon. After three hours, the instructor called a halt, telling them the class was over. He walked up to gather the knives, reaching over for Cluxies. Cluxies stared at the instructor for a moment. The day is not over. What time is it? Justin asked. A little after three? We still have hours before sunset. There was a large agreement throughout the collection of pure hearts. The instructor looked around the group, his confusion again evident on his face. I suggest you teach the pure hearts until they are ready to leave, Jackson said in a resigned voice. Shaking his head, the instructor went back to teaching them. There were no complaints as the pure hearts, with determined strength, repeated the moves over and over on how to fight and disarm a foe. As darkness descended, Katie called it quits. Heading towards the mess hall, she felt an overwhelming sense of accomplishment. She didn't know what they were fighting against, but she knew they were becoming a united force, something she could be proud of. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.